All right, everyone, let's call a timeout. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to what is actually going to be the final episode of the Time Out podcast for 2020. My name's Jason, and um, I've actually got two very special guests on the show with me today. Um, they are the other two members of our podcast team, Karen and Alex. It's nice to get you guys in front of the microphone. Alex, not your first time in front of the microphone, but Karen, your first time in front of the microphone. Would you like to introduce yourselves to our listeners? Sure thing, Jason. Um, so I think the listeners will probably recognize my voice from a very last minute interview that I uh, helped conduct with Jasmina, but I am one of the one of the assistants. I've been helping find guests and I guess producing some of the episodes this year. Apart from that, being a final year medical student at the Austin Hospital, so I'm sure some of my colleagues will recognize me from there and I will be interning there again next year. So if you see me, certainly reach out, especially if you've enjoyed the podcast and let me know how it's going. So I'm Karen and I've been responsible mainly for the technical side of the podcast. So that involved editing, splicing and putting the episode together, as well as putting it up online and improving our little social media presence, I suppose. Um, besides that, I'm also a final year medical student um, and I've been a student, clinical student at the Royal Melbourne for the past three years. But unlike these guys, I will be heading to Brisbane next year. So um yeah, I'm ready to whinge about the coffee till at least PGY2. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Karen is the one that makes sure that I don't um and ah all the time. Today, I'm making a massive effort to not um and ah as much as so she has less work to do. But uh, I guess before we go any further, I just want to thank these two, Alex and Karen, for all of their help this year. Being the host and interviewing the guests is actually the easy part of the job. It's actually all the editing time behind the scenes and us remember us like trying to find a stock music for the intro and all that sort of stuff um that's where a lot of the work actually goes so you know all the credit that i get for the podcast i think you guys are just as deserving of that if not more so thanks so much for volunteering and helping us make this into a really good thing this year so the point of today's episode really was for us to maybe take a sit back and have a think about some of the things that we've learned by talking to some of the guests uh, this year and also just thinking about the year in general. Like today we're recording uh, on Wednesday and uh, it's the first time that res lockdown restrictions have actually been lifted in Melbourne for COVID. And I've kind of, I uh, can't see Alex celebrating. It kind of uh, marks a really interesting point for us because this podcast actually started at the start of the year when the lockdown restrictions came into place. So once all of us were pulled from hospital and we weren't able to, you know, go in and do clinical face-to-face -face teaching. We had to think of a way to keep things interesting for everyone, um, but also you know, not focus too much on the academic stuff because there's a lot of that already in the curriculum. So I guess I might just hand it over to Alex and Karen and, you know, for you guys to tell, or we'll have a chat about like, you know, how you found the podcast experiences. You may be starting with finding the first couple of guests. How did you guys find that experience? I probably took on the, the role of trying to find some guests or at least suggesting some guests out of out of both Jason and Karen. I think I was the only one who was kind of on Twitter and I'd happened to have followed a few surgeons here or there who were very interesting people, I thought. So I think the first guests that we had had been kind of people that had been reached out to by the various subcommittees at different hospitals. And then I think 
After that, it was people who we'd kind of, you know, at least for Jason and myself or, or Karen as well, people that we knew either at Royal Melbourne or at the Austin Hospital. But um, a big chunk of them were actually me just shooting them random messages uh, on Twitter like, hey, we're doing this thing. It's pretty interesting. Um, you know, you sound like you've got a lot of great experiences and, you know, interesting thoughts on how surgery is moving as a progression, uh, as a profession in Australia at the moment. Um, so, yeah, that was basically my job for the most part, just pestering people. My job didn't really involve any direct contact with the speakers, so I was spared the glorious task of harassing some of the most preeminent surgeons in Melbourne repeatedly so they would come on the podcast. I was essentially just by myself in a dark room yelling at my computer for hours on end. Doing the radiologist lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, I'd make a terrible radiologist, unfortunately. <laughs> I essentially had no clue how to do this. So the first couple of days I was essentially Googling furiously and watching YouTube tutorials on how to use Adobe. And then obviously was prepared for how time consuming it was going to be to edit hours and hours of content that we actually got in the first couple of episodes. Just uh, long, long meandering journeys of, uh, yeah, I guess of, of thought. <laughs> Yeah, and they were very interesting meandering life stories and I did feel like a bit of a butcher cutting down the audio so that it was in a sort of digestible, podcast-friendly bit of clip. Yeah, we did. We definitely did. Um, I remember being super, super nervous for the first couple of episodes that we recorded. So we didn't release them in the order that we actually recorded them, but we spoke to uh, Martin Richardson first. He was our first guest. And then we spoke with Prof Chung and then it was uh, Sebastian King. And then we had uh, Kate Drummond and then a few others sort of after that. Eric Levi was also around then as well, one of our first couple of guests. Yeah, I just remember being really nervous. But I think now I'm, I feel a lot more comfortable having those conversations with with the guests. I think what's really been interesting this year is that a lot of our guests are quite high profile people in terms of where they are in the hospital. You know, Prof Drummond and Prof Chung as two examples, they're both the heads of their department. They're both heavily involved with research and teaching at the university. And I don't know, it's sort of, and even even like, uh, you know, Prof Jones as well, head of liver transplant at the Austin, like that's not a small job. But I think what's been really a blessing in disguise is that these people have been a lot more free because of COVID because there's not as many emergency or elective surgeries happening. And they've actually been really willing to help. Like nobody, nobody that we've contacted, um, I don't know, Alex, unless you've been rejected secretly, haven't told us about this, but like nobody that we've contacted has actually said no um, to being on the show. But I guess the point of the show has always been to kind of pull back the curtain a little bit and get to know surgeons who we typically think of as very cold or, you know, you know, there's a certain demeanor that we associate with surgeons. But actually, I think what we've found is that each guest has their own personality, their own quirks, um, just like everyone else, really, like we all do in the medical world. And it's actually been really enjoyable to kind of get to know them. An hour is really not enough, enough time to fully get to know them either. But I think, you know, for, for both of you guys, at least definitely how I feel after I've spoken with them for an hour, and I feel like I, I leave the room feeling different um, in terms of my relationship with this consultant or this registrar compared to when I enter the room. Is that how you guys feel as well? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
you know, I, I think, you know, a couple of comments I want to make here, you know, having hosted one episode, Jason definitely undersold how difficult his job is. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I was very much a last minute fill in for that particular episode with Jasmina and, you know, having to ask those questions and think of things on the fly and incorporate things as they're saying it as well, whilst, you know, reading the questions that had been sent in and, and also managing the recording at the same time, like it's a difficult job. So I don't think enough props go to, you know, how well Jason did through this whole thing as well. I think there was a marathon day of recording where we essentially went from the Epworth to St. Vincent's and then to RCH where there was a code blue followed by a power cut and Jace valiantly handled it as a true professional he is. <laughs> it, was, it was a long day. <laughs> It's undeserving, undeserving. It's a lot of, it's just like, if you guys are doing the research and stuff, it makes it a lot easier for me to, to, to try and listen. It's basically just like a, it's like a long case, basically. <laughs> yeah, running through chronologically. Okay, so you are born here. <laughs> but yeah, beyond that, I certainly have felt, you know, having been to a, I think at least half of the, the interview so far, you definitely get a better appreciation of, who the person is, um, you know, who the the person behind, I guess, you know, the surgical mask is, um, you know, as you were saying, Jason, these people are all heads of their heads of departments in their fields, and you know, I, I guess being medical students, you know, there's a bit of trepidation about like, oh, you know, how could I approach these people? But they've been so willing and so kind, and they've really, you know, provided us with a lot of insights into their life and into their careers, and a lot of personal stories, and you know, beyond that as well, I think nearly all of our guests you know and this is off the record they've all at the end of each episode have you know sat down and also taken a personal interest in us um, which you know is a very unique opportunity and something that I think you know moving forward for those who are interested in potentially taking on one of the podcast roles it's definitely an added benefit being able to have those personal chats um, and get to know them a little bit and hear you know some personalized guidance as well agree with Alex. Most of our speakers are at the top of their game. They're heads of department, professors, and like leading pioneers in their field, and not someone you would essentially go up to as a medical student and just have a casual chat about their high school subject choices or what sport they played back in university. So this podcast was a good way of finding out about all their intricate little quirks and making them more accessible. And I think as we've interviewed more junior surgeons, we got a good idea of how vividly different the surgical training pathways are now compared to 2010 or even five years ago. I really agree on that point that it's really changed. You know, listening to, yeah, Prof Jones and, you know, uh, Prof Chung and even like Professor Drummond as well and some of the more established consultants, you just... Um, what registrars go through is is very different and i think oh well i mean i know that that was intentional for us like this part of this was to show people and also really for us to find out ourselves about the the sort of spectrum of experiences that exists in the field and the different viewpoints that people have on things you know we we haven't um, really broached that many controversial topics yet on this show but that is somewhere that we think is, will be really worth exploring in the future, particularly talking about some of the issues that surround like bullying and the culture within surgery and how that's that's changing the gender imbalance in surgery as well. Really important topics for us to discuss. Um, and those are things that you can all expect to listen for and look out for in the future, because I think they're topics that are worth talking about, but 
in a show like this where we're still trying to find our feet this year, it's something that we weren't able to quite do yet. In terms of what I've kind of learned, I think there's a, there's a couple of points that really stand out to me looking back at all 10 or 11 or, or 12 episodes that we've done this year. But I might actually ask Karen, I might ask you first, like, because you've actually probably been listening to all of all of the episodes for longer than, than Alex or myself. You know, if you could name one thing that's really stood out to you about the guests, a common theme or something about them, what what would that be for you? I think a very common theme was how it wasn't necessarily the specialty that determined their final career choice. More so it was the people that they worked with or really didn't want to work with that most of these surgeons had really clear ideas of what they wanted to do and then they just unfortunately met people that they could not stand and did not want to be like or did not want to work with and that really deterred them from that specialty and ultimately they found their surgical tribe and they loved what they wanted what they did and stuck by it and I think loads of us, well, myself included, I'm terrified of making the wrong decision too early. Yeah, same. Yeah, like I don't want to pick something, not like it three years down the road and then have to essentially repeat a couple of years of training and then 10 years later be somewhere that I didn't want to end up in. But I think that it's okay. I think it's one of the luxuries of medicine that there are so many avenues to pursue and that any part of medicine is involves learning and relearning things as we progress and you kind of sort you have to be okay with that and that it's sometimes okay to waffle around <laughs> i suppose the the objective is to waffle around strategically if you can yeah alex what are your what are your thoughts on that yeah that's definitely um it's definitely been, I think, one of the big things that I've taken away as well. Certainly, you know, I think Karen nailed it on the head that they every surgeon that we've talked to, you know, they've they've been open to and kind of encouraged, I guess, a bit of exploration, um, and that you don't have to set yourself necessarily on a career, or if you are very interested, certainly that's you know not a bad path as well. So that was, you know, I I guess you kind of think, you know some of these surgeons, they're almost born to do one thing or another thing, but a lot of them, it, you know, I think what really, you know, it highlighted talking to a lot of these people was that it wasn't necessarily the specialty they thought that they were going to go into. Um, but it was, you know, it was something that they found that they were passionate about, but most importantly, it was the specialty. They ended up in specialties where they found that they had a good mentor, someone who was supportive of what they wanted to do as well. Um, and I think that's been, a really fantastic thing to hear about um you know it's certainly an anecdote that at least i'd heard once or twice but didn't really believe it's like oh you know you choose your specialty based on you know the, the people who will you know guide you along and, and show you and you'll resonate with someone but it was good to hear those stories from all of our different surgeons you know because i think every single one of them had people in their lives who were very big influences and who um, certainly shaped their careers we're in a pretty lucky position at the moment, you know, thinking about this year, MD4. The first half of the year with, with MDRP, I know at least for me, um, wasn't as busy as it was for some other people. And I think for both of you as well, like it was busy at times, but definitely not as busy as like MD3, MD2 or MD1 in terms of the contact hours and the number of lectures and all those sorts of things. I think it was a really good opportunity to use some of that time to explore something that I have never done before 
and to do something new. I think that's something that I've actually really enjoyed with this podcast is just trying something new that's not maybe directly related to the course or directly related to my grades or internship applications or, or whatever. On the point of choosing a specialty, yeah, I think I'm not, not here to give career advice because like our careers have literally just started. But I guess a pattern that I've noticed in the guests is that you're right, is that they find somebody that they like, someone that they get along with. And then, you know, obviously it's it's not generalizable necessarily to the entire specialty or, or you know, subspecialty, but um, it's really kind of about finding people that you enjoy working with. And I think it'd be really interesting for us to listen back to this next year after we've been interning for a year to see if our perspective on it's really changed. I think also as well, one reason why we've been quite lucky and been able to have these conversations with the guests is because we're pretty, we're senior medical students now. Um, there's no way that I would have felt comfortable talking to the head of, uh, you know, urology at a hospital like Janelle, uh, you know, even though she's super lovely and really, really friendly, I just wouldn't know what to talk about. And I think for, for MD ones and, and twos and even like, you know, more junior medical students who might listen to the podcast. I hope that like our conversations with these guests help you to feel a bit more comfortable having that conversation with someone that you think you get along with when we are at hospital, like, and you're on a, on a round, you don't, get an hour and a half to sit down with a consultant or someone who's senior and actually have a chat about these sorts of things. But that's what we've tried to do a little bit with this podcast as well, is to make people feel as if they kind of know the guests. And the other thing too is what we've, like a lot of these points that we've talked about so far, they don't necessarily just relate to surgery. Uh, Even though this is a surgical themed podcast if you're thinking about going into a physician specialty i kind of don't really see why you couldn't have these sorts of conversations with with your consultants or you know senior registrars or fellows as well at least that i've found going through med school that when you're able to have these conversations with some of the bosses it actually leads to a lot of opportunities as well so not just opportunities to make a podcast but Things like, you know, research or, you know, scrubbing in in theatre, all those kinds of things, they can come from just having a conversation and being friendly and approachable. And that's something that, I, that I've that i really felt like come out of this podcast. I think that I would be much more comfortable going to one of these bosses now and saying, hey, um, you know, you might remember me, I was the, that medical student that interviewed you on this podcast. I'm really interested in XYZ surgery you know, are there any opportunities there that maybe I could get involved with? Oh, yeah. What, what do you guys think about those points? Like, is there is there anything you want to add or do you feel different about some of them? I think for the large part, what's been said by our speakers is that if you're present and you're interested and you want to learn and be a part of the team, it's not going to be received negatively often. And sure, it's an occupational hazard as a medical student. You do get shut down spectacularly and sometimes you get banished to a corner and you are part of the furniture, but you sort of pick your crowd and pick the people that you want to speak up to and pick the people that you think will be receptive to your interest. And I certainly should have been far more outspoken than I was in MD2, 3, even MD4, Um And I think it's okay to say dumb things. We are still medical students. I've said some spectacularly dumb things to very leading consultants and 
sometimes I've just gotten a glare, sometimes they found it endearing and I got to scrub into theatre. But hey, you pick your battles. I think they actually enjoy it when you ask those questions, to be honest, because it's it's better to ask that question than to just stand there and not say anything for the whole ward round. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I would just echo, I guess, Jason and, and Karen's point. You know, it is certainly looking back on, you know, being a second year student, you know, I remember, you know, you wouldn't barely ask any questions. You like you barely get noticed really on the surgical round. But um, yes, you yeah, know, exactly what Jason was saying before all of these guests, you know, I think um, I think there's certain there seems to be almost a dichotomy, I guess, early on in med school where people are like, you know, oh, yeah, I'm kind of interested or, you know, some people very early are like, I don't want to do surgery and kind of just rule it out, don't engage. Um, and I think, you know, I guess my message to those people is, you know, even if you're not particularly interested in surgery, you'll get a whole lot more out of the rotation. You'll have a much better idea in your head that it's either, you know, something that you should consider or that you, you're like, I definitely don't want to do it but I've at least, I've done the rotation, shall we say, you know, I've, I've asked my questions, got to know the consultants, got to find out a bit about their lifestyles, you know, whatever questions you had. Um, because I think, yeah, certainly engaging in these things, um, you know, will make a huge difference. And, and everyone is super keen to get you involved if you show, I guess, just that little bit of, you know, which is scary to do in second year, but at least hopefully these podcasts have shown that, you know, surgeons aren't mean, um, you know, that if you're interested and you're wanting to learn and you're trying hard, they'll appreciate that. And they'll spend the extra time with you to bring you up to, or, you know, teach you on, on whatever you want to, to learn about. Yeah, definitely. I think showing interest is really the main thing. Um, if you are interested, you just say that you're interested, maybe a bit more of a controversial question now, but do you guys you know, do you think that being involved with this podcast has maybe changed what career or like what specialty you're thinking about going into? Um, I know there's, I mean, for me personally, I'm, I'm undecided yet um, whether I ever want to go into surgery or not. Um, I don't really know what I want to do <laughs> with my career. But for you guys, has the podcast changed how you see a surgical career or like what particular specialty you want to go into at all? I kind of, I'm, I was one of those people who I guess from first year onwards, I was leaning towards surgery just because I'd been an anatomy major and just loved that subject and basically, you know, studied that and wasn't as keen on physiology and pathology and all those other things, but just, you know, found like anatomy, anatomy was my subject and, you know, surgery, anatomy go hand in hand, you know, um, you have to enjoy those things. Um, and I guess, you know, it's kind of, I've been interested in it, but it's wavered over time, certainly second year and third year, well, mostly second year, you know, spending time with some of the fellows and seeing them work like ridiculous o'clock in the mornings till ridiculous o'clock at night and then repeating it for months on end. I was a bit like, oh gosh, is this what I'm heading towards? Um, and certainly ONG <laughs> being the, the most surgical specialty in third year did not help that. <laughs> um, but I think having talked to, I guess, some of the, I, I think Sean Stevens was probably one of the guests who I found had really interesting insights in it, being that, you know, he kind of pointed out that, you know, the, the attitude that surgery must come first, surgery must come first, all else must come second. Um, you know, he kind of just hammered, hammered away at that and said, no, that's absolutely not true. You can do many different things with your surgical career. It, it is whatever you want it to be. 
Um, you know, if you want to be a pioneering surgeon and want to spend 90 hours a week in the OR or whatever it is, do that. If you want to have, you know, a balanced life, you can do that as well. Um, so I think it was good to see that insight and certainly from, from someone who's been a, you know, I guess a consultant in a slightly shorter period of time than some of our other guests, but just hearing that he could make it possible. Um, I guess is, you know, certainly, certainly, you know, piqued my interest once again in surgery. I'm still, I guess, a little undecided, but surgery is pretty firmly on the table, at least hearing that. And that, I guess, hearing from some of our other guests that racks are trying to be a bit more flexible as well. Um, you know, it, it does make me hopeful in the future. I think I've always wanted to do surgery. It might be all the Grey's Anatomy, but it also might be the fact that I'm, I've always been quite mechanically minded, I suppose. And I like the whole construction and hands-on side of surgery and the instant gratification you get of fixing things, I suppose. Unlike Alex, I was terrible at anatomy and MD1 really made me question my surgical aspirations. MD1 made me question a lot of things that I still haven't found the answers to. <laughs> But um, anyone that knows me knows that I've essentially destroyed all the ligaments in my knee playing rugby over the last four years. But I had a brilliant orthopedic surgeon that I very much look up to. And he was sort of the person that steered me in that sort of direction. And then I was lucky then to have an amazing um, MDRP supervisor, also orthopedic surgeon, who really sort of solidified that pathway and then all of the rotations I've had at the Royal Melbourne with the orthopedics department have been really sort of what has cemented what I wanted to do and yeah luckily we ended up interviewing two orthopedic surgeons who happened to be incredible and who I found things that I resonated with with both of them Prof Richardson being one of them who was inspired to do orthopedic surgery with his injury and I think likewise so was I I suppose obviously internship is going to be a completely different ballpark and I might radically change my mind but I think I sort of know what I want to do now yeah I think it'd be really interesting to listen back to this in a few months or even a few years and and see how things have changed for everyone who's still listening at the moment this is the end of the first season of the triple sm podcast but you know, it's been a really strange year, but I think an also really rewarding year for for all of us um, on the podcast team and also all of us on the Triple SM committee. We've really had to change quite quickly and come up with new ways of, you know, delivering stuff that's useful and stuff that's interesting, that's, re that's re relevant to surgery. And, you know, the podcast is just one way that we try and do that. Alex, Karen and myself are going to be moving on from the podcast next year. So we're looking for new people to be involved and i think if there's one thing that all of us have taken away from this podcast by just this conversation it sounds like all of us have learned a lot about the the profession but also about you know how to talk to guests how to actually sort of try and grow a podcast and i guess in a in a slightly selfish way through the podcast we've also been able to ask questions that we've kind of wanted to ask and that we think other people will have as well. So if you're interested in joining the podcast, we are looking for new people to, to fill the team. So looking for someone to be a host, um, someone to be the tech slash editing person, and then um, someone to also help us to do the promotion and, and grow the podcast going forward. If you are interested and you want to apply, you don't have to have any particular set of 
skills or, or knowledge. If you are just interested in learning about how the process works and want to be involved, that's all we care about. The, the plan for this was always to be something much bigger than just a Melbourne Uni thing because we think that the messages on this podcast are really valuable to all medical students, at least in Australia and, and New Zealand, particularly those who are interested in surgery. I guess, you know, any final words from Karen and Alex, like from, from both of you guys, is there anything else that you wanted to add? It's a great experience for anyone who's interested in surgery or even if you're not interested in surgery, but you just wanted to ask some questions. Um, it's a really good opportunity to be able to, you know, find out a little bit more about the the surgeons personally and, and their careers and what makes them tick. Um, because certainly it's been a very interesting experience to, to be able to do that with a number of, you know, guests of all different kind of uh, experience levels this year. So yes, can't, can't recommend it highly enough. And if you are interested, certainly do chuck in an application or if you want want to find out more, I'm sure you could message any of us and we'll honestly let you know <laughs> anything else that needs to be, uh, I guess, uh, checked on as well. No, it has been such a privilege to be able to do this podcast this year. And maybe what I wanted to see it evolve into is sort of an avenue to create more meaningful dialogue about surgical specialties, training programs, a few more controversial issues that people face and really be a source of information for medical students or junior doctors even so that information is readily accessible. I feel like we know things on a surface level about what it takes to get into training programs, what the real nitty gritty is often quite hidden. So I think the more accessible we make trainees and surgical um, professionals, the better it is for future students. Yeah, I think that's a really nice note to end on. You know, the the podcast is a way for us to, yeah, just, just get to know people, which is kind of rare and it's hard to do. And so I think all of us, not just the podcast team, but I just wanted to thank Jenny and Roche as well, who've really helped out to find some guests for us this year as well. I want to thank all the guests as well who've been on the show who volunteered their time. We don't pay them uh, anything. It's just we ask them, hey, are you free on Friday, like 1 to 2.30 to record an episode? Not just for the stuff that made it onto the episode, but also for the, as we mentioned before, a lot of the stuff that doesn't make it onto the episode. And so I guess that's a wrap, really, for 2020. You know, we're, we're officially finished after tomorrow. It's going to be a fantastic year next year for the podcast and for hopefully for everyone as well, going back to hospital, life returning back to normal. But until then, I guess this is the last time you're going to hear from us. Good luck for everyone who's got exams coming up. We'll be back in 2021 with more episodes, more guests, and more topics. So take care. Thanks so much for tuning into today's episode of the Time Out Podcast. If you'd like to hear more from us in the future, please consider subscribing to the show on the Apple and Spotify podcast platforms. If you'd like to contact us or have any thoughts that you'd like to share, please do so via our Facebook page, The Surgical Student Society of Melbourne. The Surgical Student Society of Melbourne would like to thank our two major sponsors for 2020, the Medical Indemnity Protection Society and the Department of Surgery at the University of Melbourne for their ongoing support. Please find in the show description a link for the Department of Surgery's e-learning module entitled Pathways to Career Progression, as well as two links from MIPS for students. The Surgical Student Society of Melbourne would also like to thank Michelle Andrews, who is the co-host of the Shameless podcast, for her support in helping us to put this program together. You can find the Shameless podcast on Apple and Spotify podcasts as well. This episode was edited by Karen 
Gunatilaka and Alex Grogan. Special thanks to Jenny Pham and Rashan Kari for their help in organizing today's guests. My name's Jason, and I hope that you'll tune in again soon. <laughs>